the official podcast of the Chillicothe Paints. This is Horsin' Around. The latest inside information from the Paints and the Prospect League. Now, here's the voice of Paints Baseball, Jacob Wise. Welcome into another edition of Horsin' Around, a Chillicothe Paints Baseball podcast. I'm Jacob Wise, and we are a quarter of a way through the season already here in 2021. We were actually supposed to play game number 16 Sunday night in Beckley, but uh, that game had to be suspended in the bottom of the third with the Paints leading 3-2. to two. A gigantic storm came through. We could see it coming in from center field for basically uh, the whole game since the beginning of the game. And uh, once it got there, though, it got ugly in a hurry. About five minutes after the players left this field, you could have rowed a boat across the field in Beckley, an all-turf field, by the way, that drains pretty well, but uh, a current, a literal current on the field about five minutes after the players had left the field in that one. So no way that game was going to be finished on Sunday. So per Prospect League rules, it'll be finished as a nine-inning game on July 14th as part of a doubleheader, and then they'll uh, finish the regularly scheduled game as a seven-inning ball game. Uh, again, the, the Prospect League rules saying you have to finish it as it was scheduled, and then the second game is only seven innings. So that'll be, again, finished on July 14th. Uh, we're a day and change later than usual this week here on Horse and Row, but, uh, well, we had some late nights and some bus rides to try to work around this week. So uh, getting somebody into the hotel room to chat with us for about 20 minutes or more was uh, very difficult to do with some double headers and late night bus rides. Uh, it was just, uh, we wanted to let the players get some sleep. So we figured we pushed this back a day and uh, hopefully you guys will still uh, listen to us here each and every week. We'll try to be back on Monday next week, but uh, every now and then if we, we have a bunch of road games throughout the weekend, it may end up being on Tuesday, but we promise we'll get you an episode of horse and around each and every week. Better late than never, right? Uh, later in the show, you will hear from paints catcher Isaac Bear. Speaking of uh, chatting with a player, Isaac uh, was able to sit down and chat with me before the game on Tuesday in Chillicothe as the paints were, well, playing at West Virginia Miners. Again, that seems like that's all they've been doing here lately. But before we get to that, let's look back at week three for the paints. As I mentioned a minute ago, the Paints are in the middle of a long series against the West Virginia Miners, and if you're unfamiliar with the Prospect League, long series are not normal. It's not uncommon for a team like the Paints and the West Virginia Miners to play each other a whole bunch of times throughout the season because the league tries to limit travel and make sure that you're not on the bus for 8 to 10 hours too many times throughout the season, so... The Paints and Miners play a lot, a lot of times, but not often do you see this many games in a row against one team. So they were scheduled to play eight games over nine days, starting last Tuesday, going through Wednesday, and then obviously the off day on Monday. But we had some rainouts, and then two doubleheaders were scheduled for this past week. One, a makeup from the week before, and then the one later in the week was a makeup from the one earlier in the week. So the Miners will come to Chillicothe to wrap up this long series at VA Memorial Stadium coming up this uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. 
And then they won't play each other again until July 11th when the Miners come back to Chillicothe. So uh, it'll be nice to get a little break from the green and gold of the West Virginia Miners, that is for sure, and play somebody else in a different jersey. So this past week, the Paints go 2-4. and four. Uh, We'll call it week three of the season. Obviously, the first week is just Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then the rest of the season, it's Tuesday through Sunday. So really week three, it's the... Second, though, full week going Tuesday to Sunday, whatever. Week three of the season uh, started out with an eight to nothing rain shortened loss in West Virginia on Tuesday. Uh, another, another night where the Chillicothe Paints really struggled to get out of the first inning defensively. The Miners plated four runs in the first inning, and the Paints, at the time still really in the midst of an offensive drought, were able to only muster four hits on the night. Wednesday in Beckley, whenever got started, rain again throughout the day, heavy rain. And uh, so we got to hop on the bus after a late lunch and get back to Chillicothe a little bit earlier, but that means a double header later in the week. West Virginia then came to Chillicothe on Thursday for the first double header of the week. That was made necessary by a rainout from the week prior. And the Miners had another good first inning, helped out by some uh, paints miscues and some free passes. This time, uh, West Virginia getting three runs in the first to start the game, and they ended up winning that game 4 to nothing, shutting out the Paints for a second straight game. Though the Paints did out-hit the Miners in that one 5-4. to four. Five hits were scattered, really couldn't string anything together and find a way to get anybody across the plate. So in game two in the nightcap, the Paints gave up four runs in the second inning, taking advantage of several walks and hit by pitches. West Virginia then built a 6-0 lead before the Paints finally scored a run in the bottom of the seventh inning on a sacrifice fly by Easton Good. A little bit of help from the Miners as well, who allowed Trey Wright to go to third on a single and an error combination to lead off the inning, but that run helped the Paints uh, to not get shut out for a third straight game against West Virginia. Then Friday night at VA Memorial Stadium, the Paints came out looking like a new team offensively, and it was certainly a welcome sight to see. There were a lot of talk from the Paints coaches, John Penn, the manager, Jackson White, the pitching coach, and just from the players in general that they'd been taking way too many fastballs early in counts, and in particular, just way too many strikes early in counts, not swinging at those pitches in the zone early. And then once you're down 0-2, it's Hard to kind of come back from that and be very successful at the plate. So the Paints came out swinging on Friday, down two to nothing in the first inning. After an error extends the inning, Ben Gabor hits his first home run of the season, a two-out, three-run blast that put the Paints up three to two in the first inning. Chillicothe then made it four to two with a run in the third, but the pitching woes and a couple errors got the Paints again, as West Virginia scored five times in the fourth regaining the lead at 7-4. to four. That took the energy out of the bats for the Paints for a while. They had to uh, wait for a few innings to get them going again. And uh, meanwhile, West Virginia continued to score and went up 12-4. to four. Then in the bottom of the ninth, the Paints scored three runs. Looked like they were going to score more. Uh, hit down the left field line. Looked like it was going to be extra bases. Probably would have scored two runs and continued the ball game. Trey Wright hit that one and it was called foul by the home plate umpire. It looked fair. Uh, I would have put money on it. It was a fair ball, probably by about a foot and a half, two feet. The home plate umpire didn't see it that way, called it foul. Trey ended up then striking out and uh, ending the game. 
and the Paints lost 12-7. to But the Paints offense showing some life for the first time in a little while, so there was some real optimism then heading into the weekend. So the weekend starts down in Beckley, West Virginia. The Paints uh, led off Saturday's doubleheader with a run in the first inning and then four runs on five hits in the third, taking a 5-0 lead, so they continue swinging the bat early, scoring some runs early. The Paints starting to kind of jump around a little bit and have a little bit of energy. West Virginia, though, came roaring back, scoring two in the third and three in the fifth to tie the game at five, which eventually sent it into extra innings. In a doubleheader, you play two seven-inning games, so we went into the eighth inning. Paints continued to hit, though, scoring four runs on three hits in the eighth inning, including a two-run single by Trey Smith. Ruben Ramirez, who came in the game and got out of a big jam in the seventh inning where it looked like West Virginia might get a walk-off win, Ramirez stayed in the game of the eighth to finish it and earn the win for the Paints, snapping a four-game losing streak for the Paints, all of those against the West Virginia Miners. We needed extra innings again in game two. This time, though, nobody could see, so there wasn't a whole lot of scoring. The uh, Paints led 2-0 after scoring two runs without the benefit of a hit in the second inning. It was back-to-back walks to start it, and then a sacrifice bunt by Nathan Carafa got it down, great bunt, moved both runners over, and then a balk and a pass ball brought home the two runs for the Paints, take a 2-0 lead. West Virginia, though, scored a pair of runs in the sixth inning after the first two batters reached on a hit-by-pitch and a walk. Neither team, though, scored in the eighth inning once we got into extras. Once we got to the ninth, though, the Paints got a leadoff man on via a hit-by-pitch and then scored on an RBI double by Nathan Carafa to take the lead back 3-2. to two. And Jake Silverstein had a fantastic outing. He came in in the fifth inning, pitched the final five innings for the Paints, earning the win for Chillicothe. And the Paints end up sweeping the doubleheader. Huge, huge day for the Paints on Saturday down in Beckley. Not only stopping a skid, not only you know beating a division rival, but getting two wins in one day. And that can really do a lot to kind of get your momentum going in the right direction. Second game, by the way, very low scoring. I mentioned that it was hard to see. Trey Smith and other Paints players were saying that uh, they really, really could not see the ball at the plate in the second game. Uh, that ran basically until midnight because, well, it's supposed to be seven inning games. We started at five o'clock. Both games took uh, about three hours each. So that was a long, long day, but the Paints are happy to get out of there with both of those wins on Saturday. So we come back on Sunday in Beckley and uh, the Paints again continue to swing the bat well, score two runs in the first inning off a hit by Ben Gabor and a West Virginia error. And then the Miners got one back in the bottom of the inning and then the game was called in the bottom of the third. West Virginia had two on and two out in the inning, but a couple of big storms kind of converged and started raining really hard. The paints were able to get off the field, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, right before the rain really started coming down. But there was some chaos on the field before they officially you know, cleared the field and tried to get everybody to safety. There was some lightning out in right field. You could see the clouds coming in. It looked very, very bad. And some of the players for the Paints, after a batter, started to run off the field. The umpire called time. Paints players kind of came off the field, but not all the way off. And West Virginia didn't think that time was called. They sent both of their runners in. They thought they had taken the lead. And the home plate umpire said, no, 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 no. We had time. The, the game. Those runners will have to go back and... The first base coach for West Virginia, who 
they don't have any staff listed. All it is is Tim Epling. He's the only guy listed as an official staff member. They don't travel with any base coaches. Usually it's a pitcher, not in the game coaching at first base, but somebody in some uh, West Virginia pullover and hat coaching first base came down and was ripping the home plate umpire and got tossed from that game before it went into an official delay and before it was eventually called due to rain. So it'll be interesting to see what the ramifications for that is uh, once we continue to move on here. So uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, again, Prospect League rules say that you have to make up or finish games the next time the same two teams play at the same location. So in this case, the Paints don't go back to Beckley until July 14th. So that's when they will finish that game from Sunday night, July 14th in Beckley. So they'll finish that game as a nine and then play the regularly scheduled game for that day as a seven inning ball game. So a two and four week for the Paints, but more importantly, they get the two wins at the end of the week. You'd certainly rather have that than the two wins at the beginning of the week, and then you lose four straight. So the Paints end the week on a high note and uh, some some good signs of life from their offense hopefully will carry over into the next week. 45 games still to go here, so no need to panic. We're only 15 games in, tons of baseball left to play. And also remember, it is a split season, meaning the records will reset after the first half. So nothing has really been decided yet, especially uh, in the first half here, as uh, there are still 15 games to go in the first half before uh, we find out who wins this first half and punches their playoff ticket. But again, if you don't win it in the first half, you still have 30 games in the second half to uh, try to get into the playoffs. So plenty of baseball left here and, and things pointing in the right direction for the paints for sure. Updated standings now uh, after week three look like this in the Ohio River Valley Division in the East Conference. Champion City's back on top because the Paints beat the Miners uh, a couple of games. Champion City nine and six. They have a one game lead over the West Virginia Miners who are eight and seven. The Paints three games back at six and nine and the Johnstown Millrats four and a half back at five and eleven. In the Wabash River Division, which is the other division in the East Conference, Lafayette with the best record in the Prospect League at 12-4. and four. They have a three-and-a-half game lead over second-place Danville, who is and 7-6. Danville had a little bit of a rough week this past week, and Lafayette's three-and-a-half game lead is the most for a first-place team in any division right now in the Prospect League. The Rex are in third place in the Wabash River Division at 8-8. Eight and eight. They're four games back, and the Illinois Valley Pistol Shrimp are seven and a half games back at five wins and 12 losses. Because of the 12 losses, uh, the, the Pistol Shrimp have the worst record in the Prospect League. There are some other teams with five losses, but or five wins, but not 12 losses. In the Great River Division in the West Conference, Burlington has a one-game lead. The Bees are 9-7. and seven. The Clinton Lumber Kings are 8-8. Eight and eight. Normal, a game and a half back at 7-8. and eight. And the Quincy Gems, three and a half back at five wins, 10 losses. In the Prairieland Division in the West Conference, the Springfield Sliders with the second-best record in the Prospect League, they lead their division at 10-5. and five, But it's just a half-game better than the O'Fallon Hoots, who are 9-5. and five. Cape Catfish and the Alton River Dragons, both seven and eight, three games back of Springfield in the Prairie Land Division. 
Chillicothe is scheduled for six games coming up here in week four. No doubleheaders this week, and hopefully we can keep it that way. Hopefully the weather holds out for us this coming week. Long series with the West Virginia Miners wraps up with two games at VA Memorial Stadium in Chillicothe Tuesday and Wednesday. Then the Champion City Kings come to Chillicothe on Thursday. The Paints will play the final three games of the week on the road in Danville Friday and Saturday. And then the Paints will play the Rex in Terre Haute, Indiana Sunday at 4.30 to wrap up the week. We mentioned the Paints are home Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week. All 7.05 p.m. starts at VA Memorial Stadium. Tuesday night, our 4-H night, sponsored by the Ohio Farm Bureau. So all 4-Hers get into the ballpark for free that night. And it's also our rescheduled Ross County Sheriff's Dare Night and Summer Fun Party. All Dare kids get into the ballpark for free on Tuesday as well. Wednesday is another winning Wednesday. We usually give away some $50 gas cards from our friends at Valero. But because last week's Wednesday game was rained out, it'll be double the $50 gas cards being given away this week. So more chances to win some free gas from our friends at Valero this Wednesday. Uh, Thursday, it is another Thirsty Thursday. So draft beer is just a buck. And it's also Drive Sober Night by Ross Safe Communities. And we'll be welcoming our, a big group from the First National Bank of Waverly to the ballpark as well. Well, I promised you an interview with uh, paints catcher Isaac Bear out of the University of Indianapolis. We got a chance to sit down and chat about the season so far and a little bit about baseball and life uh, before Tuesday's game in Chillicothe. Hope you enjoy. Isaac, thanks for taking time out of your busy day today to come chat with me. Thanks for having me. So starting in the season here, you show up. Isaac Bear is your name, obviously, but you tell everybody, hey, you can call me Ted. What's the story there? So I was 13 years old, and I was playing for a new travel team, and obviously my last name is Bear, and so everyone just kind of started. One coach started calling me Teddy, and then everybody else just started rolling with it, so everyone's just been calling me Teddy from then on. What's your uh, first impressions of being in Chillicothe and uh, playing summer ball here? Oh, it's been a great time. It's my first summer actually playing summer ball and showing up to the park every day and to this awesome environment has just been wonderful. And I'm really happy that I had the opportunity to come play for the Paints this summer. Opening night, I think 3,800 people. Is that the biggest crowd you've ever played in front of? By far. By far. It was awesome. So you go to UND, uh, teammates with Trey Smith. What's it like uh, dealing with that guy every day? Oh, Trey Smith, something else. I'm <laughs> sure you know him. But uh, it's great. You know, I talked to him a lot at school ball about coming out and playing for the Paints. And it's been everything, if not more, than what I've expected. Is college roommate? No. No, okay. No. Can't, can't deal not. with him that Absolutely much, right? Absolutely not. No way. That's too much <laughs> Trey Smith. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the Prospect League as a whole, obviously, you know, fun here to play in Chillicothe, but, but what's your thoughts so far of the competition and traveling around and, and this whole deal so far? It's, it's been great. It's been, it's been a lot different than college baseball, that's for sure. But showing up to the park every day, I mean, usually, except for this week, new competition and new guys and... It's been an adjustment because when we play college ball, you know, we show up and we have done a lot of homework on the guys we're playing. And usually now, at least right now, I'm sure later in the season it'll change, but it's usually just a lot of reading the swings and kind of going with the flow. So also an adjustment I would imagine also is there's D1 guys, D2 guys, D3 guys, NAIA guys, JUCO guys, all levels of college baseball here. Is it fun to kind of see everybody kind of mesh together and see how everybody stacks up? Yeah, it's been awesome. It's been we got a whole bunch of mixed misfits, I guess you could say, guys that are just showing up to play baseball, and 
even though we all come from different schools, you know, at the end of the day, we're all trying to win, win a ball game. And usually in summer ball, you know, the catchers will rotate a lot. And that's what you and Josh Jackson had been doing basically every other game. But Josh gets injured the other night. Uh, so now you're kind of pressed into a little bit more duty. But before that point, is that an adjustment for you? Or would you rather play every day? Or, or how do you kind of roll with that? I definitely like being in on in on the game every day. And I know when we split time, I, my role is still to be in the bullpen and warm up pitchers. But, yeah, I like to be in action every day. I like to be in on the games. That's why I'm here. I'm here to play baseball have some fun. Slow start to the season, obviously. But it looks like uh, your team's starting to hit the ball pretty well here over the last few games after uh, kind of struggling offensively. I'm sure there's an adjustment period for all of you, just getting to know all your new teammates and your coaches and your host families and the whole living situations and travel and all that stuff. Do you feel like you're finally, as a team, getting settled in and you're starting to gel a little bit? Absolutely, yeah. It's been first couple weeks were definitely rough trying to learn each other, trying to understand who plays, how they play, in what way. But I feel like now we're starting to settle in to our way we should be playing. So you get a doubleheader sweep in West Virginia to finish out the weekend. Obviously, the rain out uh, on Sunday. But, uh, you know, how, how big, especially ending the week, going into the off day, how big are those wins kind of moving forward here momentum-wise? Oh, they're huge. We started off the week kind of strong, but it was awesome that we didn't fold as a team. It shows a lot of character that even though we were tired, long days of baseball, we are still able to push and come together as a team and get a W and carry that on to this week. Is the confidence starting to come around for you guys? I think it is, yes. So let's go back to your college. You, you go to University of Indianapolis, D2 school. How did you end up there? Was it a recruitment issue or you know, you just decided you want to go there and you took a visit? What was the story there? Yeah, so I'm a mechanical engineering major and I kind of always knew I wanted to do that. And coming out of high school, I didn't really have a whole lot of offers, but definitely being a, an engineering major really limited my choices. And so being around Fort Wayne, Indiana, I really didn't want to go too far from home. And University of Indianapolis was just the perfect fit for me. So mechanical engineering. What is something that you would like to do when you're done playing baseball with that? Ooh, something I like to do. I would like to work on cars. I'm not sure what I want to do yet. It's either cars or go into automation. So okay. that's like you have an assembly line full of robots, and I would like to design those. Do you like race cars? I do. I'm well, a big nerd. When so, it comes to so cars. what race cars do you like? Drag cars. You like drag? Okay. I've been in drag cars recently. Yeah. Drag racing. Those okay. Are fun. Like street drags or like NHRA kind of stuff. Street drags. Okay. So I recently got into Formula One because of Netflix during COVID, and they're just full of engineers. Everybody has yeah. tons of engineers. <laughs> Have you ever thought about something like that? I did. I think that'd be sweet. That'd be really fun to go work on like a pit crew or something, go design race cars and different components. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be awesome. awesome. We'll have to have a longer <laughs> chat about this on the bus at some point. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite baseball memory so far? So far, probably opening up to probably close to 4,000 people here. That was just something I didn't expect. I knew it was going to be big. I didn't think it was going to be that big. And just being able to catch the first day, I really wasn't sure if I was going to do that. And just being brought in and catching and just having a blast. It was just so much fun. Have you seen the beer cup towers out on the deck? Can you see them <laughs> when you're in the dugout? Or? No, I didn't see them in the dugout. But when we went out there after the game, I saw there must have been a stack of, yeah. man, it was a whole lot. Yeah. And then some, some lady showed me a picture. They had a pyramid. Yep. Actually, that was sweet too. <laughs> yeah, they usually build them on top of the picnic tables, and they get—I mean—they get to be six or seven feet tall. It's—it's it's pretty crazy. So we'll get another stab at that here in a, in a couple of days. Who do you root for in Major League Baseball? The Cubbies. Cubbies. Okay. Yeah. Is it just close to you, or how did you end up growing up a Cubs fan? Yeah. So it's a split kind of between the Cubs and the Reds, and that's okay because 
Neither team is good at the same time. It's kind of stuck there. And, and, and the Reds are yeah. terrible. Yeah, but the first major league game I went to was the Chicago Cubs game. We went to Wrigley Field, and it was cold. They played the Milwaukee Brewers back when Prince Fielder was still there. Okay. And it was just an awesome experience getting to grow up and play. Have you been back, all the video games. Have you been back to Wrigley since they renovated? Yes. Yeah, it's awesome. Is it a lot better? Yeah, it's cool. I was there when it was still kind of crumbling a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, they did a good job building up the bleachers. You just go in there and hang out. It's just an awesome environment. That's awesome. Is there a player, maybe present or past, that you kind of model your game at, that you look up to, that uh, is one of your favorites? There was a Reds catcher. I don't know if you remember him, Devin Mezzarocco. Yeah. But when I first started catching, that's like who I looked after and who I like really wanted to be like. How much pride do you guys, because you and Josh seem like if you have a shot to throw somebody out, it seems like they're going to be thrown out by two or three feet. How much do you guys work on that? Because it's been a while since we've seen catchers that basically all your shortstop at second has to do is catch the ball and the guy's going to slide into his into the glove. But you know, how much pride and, and effort do you guys put into making sure that you can throw guys out out there? Oh, I, I love throwing out guys. It's one of my favorite things to do. And we don't really – we do a little bit of work, but make sure, like between innings we just try and really get our best throw off. And then obviously – we throw the ball more than anyone out there on the field. Yeah. So we make sure to take care of our arms. And we play a lot of long toss, too, with all the pitchers. So our arms get to work in. <laughs> Probably something that people don't think about a lot is the catchers have to play long toss, too, right? Yeah. And you guys aren't worried about back picking or throwing around runners in the batter's box or anything. You're not afraid to throw it anyway, right? No, sir. Absolutely uh, fun to watch, definitely, when you're throwing it around and throwing guys out. What's the worst part of summer ball so far? What's been the hardest thing to deal with? Man, it's been hot and humid down here. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's been, especially in Johnstown. Was Johnstown the worst, that day game yeah, on Sunday? Yeah, that was brutal. And then there was a night game, or it was like an evening game last week here, and I think it was a nine, or it was either one of the doubleheaders, but it was so hot, I was able to wring out my socks full of sweat twice. Yeah, the doubleheaders are brutal. It was it was hot, <laughs> humid. What else would you you know say about your summer experience so far that uh, thinks is going to help you going in back into your college season? I mean, I definitely – the pitching here is a lot better than what we have at school. We have guys throwing a lot harder, and it's been awesome to just kind of work and be around a great group of guys because a lot – obviously there's dudes from way better schools than I go to from like Ohio State and Mac schools, and it's been awesome to kind of pick their brains and just talk to them about like what I need to do as a catcher to make sure I can – have them pitch the best they can. Is there a lot of sharing ideas amongst your teammates or even if you're chatting with players from other teams just because everybody's backgrounds are are pretty different from one player to the next? Do you say, oh, you know what, my school, this is how we do this, and, you know, how do you do this? And can you kind of meld that all together? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of the pitchers have different backgrounds, and I have to work with them to kind of understand, like, what I need to do. So we have Ohio State guys, and they want me to do a things a little bit differently than guys from like Kane University for example so it's just picking brains shooting different ideas you know what we can all do to kind of come together and have the best outcome I've seen a few times when it's gotten late you've had to go to the dugout is are you putting white out on your finger yeah white out is that what it is yep no tape at the end or anything you've just white outs the way to go huh? it's the it's the quickest in those situations usually I tape my fingers but when it's mid-inning and we got to get going what happens quickest. if there's no whiteout in the dugout? We go, got to go tape <laughs> or touch <laughs> signs. And then we have a little bit more of a delay. Yeah. Well, Isaac, uh, Ted, Bear, <laughs> thanks for taking some time today. Good luck tonight. Good luck this week. And uh, enjoyed chatting with you. I enjoyed. Thank you for having me. Go Paints. Roll Paints, Roll indeed. Paints.
Obviously, a big thank you to Isaac for taking some time out of his pregame routine to come up and chat with us for the Horse and Round podcast. Uh, one of the fun guys uh, around the ballpark, whenever you get to the ballpark, uh, gives you a smile and asks you how you're doing and just seems to enjoy coming to the stadium and playing baseball every day. Well, we did get another mailbag question this week. That's two in a row, so let's try to keep that going. This week it comes from Joe Wilson, who says he's curious to know the story behind the JW patch on the paint's uniforms and who it commemorates. Thanks for the question, Joe, and thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, Very excited about this one. Uh, A great question and one that longtime Paints fans probably know the answer to. The JW patch is for our former longtime public address announcer and marketing director, John Wend, who passed away in November of 2017. To anyone who spent much time around VA Memorial Stadium and or the Paints from the first day of the organization in 1993 to when he passed, in 2017, John Wind is an absolute legend, and the Paints probably aren't where they are today without his contributions to the club over more than two decades. John's trademark voice, his cheerful personality, his incredible ability to make you feel like family, all staples at VA Memorial Stadium, whether he was announcing a Paints game or one of the many high school baseball or other sporting events held throughout the ballpark each and every year. I remember playing in high school from Taze Valley High School. We would play down at the VA. It was always special. Part of the reason it was special was because John Wind was uh, doing such a a fantastic job adding to the atmosphere with his voice, doing the PA, same thing in Legion Ball, and I'm sure a lot of the other people who had had that experience feel the same way. Also, no one, and I mean no one, could tell a story like John Wind And believe me, there were many, many stories just from the paints alone. John really should have written a book. He also coached for a long time in the Greenfield area and was a longtime public address announcer for McLean High School in Greenfield. Also served in the U.S. Army and was very proud to have served his country and to be involved with the paints who play their home games on the grounds of the Veterans Administration Hospital Campus in Chillicothe. I was fortunate enough to work with John as an intern for the Paints in 2009, and then again when I came back to Chillicothe while working for other teams in the Prospect League, John always made me feel like I was back home in Chillicothe in the press box. And then when I came back to work for the Paints in 2016, I got to work with John again in 2016 and 2017 as a front office staff member with the Paints. We honored John with his own bobblehead giveaway during the 2019 season, And the VA Memorial Stadium press box is now known as the John Wind press box. There's a banner in front and has his picture on it as well. John's impact on the paints was so great that we decided to put a patch with his initials on the fronts of all of our jerseys indefinitely. You may hear or see us use the phrase paints win after games. That was John's signature call immediately after a paints victory. And we carry on that tradition over the PA on the radio and in print, and on social media. Again, thanks for the question, Joe. Most of us who have been with the Paints for a while love any chance we can get to talk about our friend John. If you have a question about the Paints, the Prospect League, or other related matters, send me an email with your question at jacob at chillicothepaints.com, and I'll answer on next week's episode. Until then, thanks for listening to Horsin' Around, a Chillicothe Paints baseball podcast. Roll Paints.